Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, I'm going to make a claim, a contention that Michael Fassbender is the best European actor under the age of 50. Now, I did make a similar claim about Joaquin Phoenix being the best working actor in Hollywood. I would say that Fassbender rivals him, though I would say that as a whole, in terms of opus work, Joaquin Phoenix certainly has been more active of an actor going back to the early 90s and certainly in the mid 90s than Fassbender. But in terms of talent, I think they're both up there. I also have an early episode about Adam Driver being one of the best actors under the age of 50. I might have to go back a little on that after his dinosaur movie didn't do too well. But he's reputed to be the lead in the Heat 2 or the the new Michael Mann reboot or sequel prequel to Heat. He's also scheduled or casted to be in the Fantastic Four. But I would say, as much as I think Driver is a good actor, I, I, I did lose some respect for him in House of Gucci. I thought that he was pretty bad. I think pretty much everybody in that movie was pretty atrocious. But I'm pretty strong on Fastbender. Now, if you listen to the Wednesday episodes I do with May, she does not agree. She does not like Fastbender. She does not think Fastbender is that talented. And I will respectfully disagree with her. So we're going to talk about the Fast. And one of the reasons I like Fastbender aside from his talent, is that I think he does his life right. And meaning that you can look at another great iconic actor under the age of 50, someone like Leonardo DiCaprio. And we have about, what, three episodes on DiCaprio. We do have DiCaprio versus Christian Bale. I recommend you check that out. We also have the episode on, is DiCaprio going to end up like fat Marlon Brando, recluse weirdo? And I think... DiCaprio, even though some bachelor men would say he's doing his life the right way by just replacing a, a, a model girlfriend at 25, <laughs> which he hits 25, it's like Logan's Run, the old sci-fi movie, but instead of turning 30 and you go, you get sent on vacation, it's like at 25, he just sends them away. And I'm still just dumbfounded at why he would dump Camilla Marone because she's gorgeous. Either way. I don't think he's doing his life right. I think the way Fastbender's doing his life is is the right way, but we'll talk about that at the end. So before we begin, please, if you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple, please go rate and review. It takes five seconds and helps with the algorithm. So Fastbender's Irish. I always assumed he was British because you know what? All, all the people from the Commonwealth are pretty much the same. No. But he is Irish. He was born in, at the time, West Germany to Irish parents. And I first noticed Fassbender, probably from the name Fassbender, I would say he was in the movie 300. He had a role that's Gerard Butler's great movie. And we have an episode here. It's Gerard Butler, the the A-list star for B-list movies. But I didn't know he was in that. So probably the first time I ever saw him was in Glorious Bastards. And in that movie, I've mentioned it with May. It's probably my top two, if not my favorite. Favorite. I would say it's my top two of Tarantino's work, that and Once Upon a Time. He has that, he has a very small role, and he has that scene in the bar where he's 
essentially pretending to be German. And he's doing fine until he makes the mistake of using the wrong finger gesture for the number three, and then he gets, he gets mowed down. But he was so good in that movie that because of that movie, he got a lot of subsequent roles. Now, but that's the first time I noticed who this Michael Fassbender guy is. But before that, he had done movies that were well regarded. I went back to his his movie Hunger, which is one of the first movies he did. We got critical lot. It's about an Irish hunger strike uh, about a hundred years ago. Good movie. He's great in that movie. And then later on, after Inglorious Bastards, he does a movie that I think is pretty rough. <laughs> so after uh, Bastards, he does a movie called Shame. So Shame is a movie that has got Carey Mulligan in it, and it's pretty brutal. He plays a sex addict uh, in his 30s, and he has this strange dysfunctional relationship with his sister played by Carey Mulligan. And it is a dark movie. Like, the thing about Fassbender, and, and I guess I should have prefaced this early on, why do I think he's a great actor? Well, first of all, he's handsome. He's a handsome man. Let's be real. Secondly, he's just charismatic. He is exceedingly charismatic. He is very intellectual. And for these reasons, he gets certain roles. Like He hasn't done a rom-com. We did an episode here on how Nancy Myers was going to do a romantic comedy. And she's famous. I guess she's like the, the heir apparent to Nora Ephron's classic rom-coms like When Harry Met Sally, Sleepers in Seattle. But she's done her own share of iconic romantic comedies. And she was slated to do one for Netflix for like $140 million. That was the budget she wanted. Netflix said, we'll give you $130 million. I mean, this is for a romantic comedy. And she's like, no, sorry, we won't do it. Either way, she wanted the lead. The lead was going to be ScarJo and Fassbender. And I mentioned that episode. I'm like, Fassbender's never done anything remotely close to a romantic comedy. So it'd be interesting to see what he would have been like in that, in that role. But... He has exceedingly strong charisma. He, of course, can do a variety of accents. He, he speaks German. and uh, Glorious Bastards, he knows German. He is a polyglot, and he can do a variety of Commonwealth accents, Irish, English, and so forth. But 2011 is kind of his breakout year. So he, do, he has a small role in Jonah Hex, that, that really bad movie uh, with Josh Brolin and Megan Fox. He has a role in that, but really he starts kicking in in 2010. So 2010, 2011, he does Jane Eyre. He plays Lord Rochester with Mia Wysokowski. What happened to that girl? I mean, that girl was on a role like 10 years ago. She was doing all these great she Alice in Wonderland and Madame Bovary and all these movies. And then she just kind of went away. 2011, he does A Dangerous Method. I love this movie. He plays the psychoanalyst Carl Jung. And it's got Kira Knightley as a patient. And... Viggo Mortensen plays Sigmund Freud and Fassbender plays Carl Jung. And it's a dynamic between the three of them. I'll keep the plot pretty vague. It's a great movie. Then in Austin 2011, he does Shame. 2011, he does Haywire. <laughs> it's just one of those. It's like, what? This is the one with... Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So Haywire's got Gina Carrero, uh, and I think she was like a UFC fighter. I can't remember. And, and she essentially played, it's an action movie done by Soderbergh. You know, Soderbergh, me and I need to do a uh, director versus director with Soderbergh, like we did with um, Nolan versus Tarantino. But Soderbergh, man, Soderbergh, I tell you, he likes a lot of range, and he's very prolific. He does a lot of work, and then he'll take five-year breaks and then do a lot of work. But he's in that movie, which is kind of a, a strange movie for him to do. By the way, he does that. Then boom, 2012, he starts doing the Alien, I guess you can call prequels. He does Prometheus, and later on he does the sequels to those. 2013, he does 12 Years a Slave, and he's great in this movie. I mean, he gets Academy Award nomination. This is a stellar movie. May and I talked about in that episode in the 2010s, how the 2010s got so many best pictures wrong, but this is the one of the ones they actually got right. 12 Years of Slave is an amazing movie, and he plays one of the slave owners in that movie. And then at this point, he's doing the X-Men movies as well. I should have mentioned 2011. He starts with First Class, and he is perfectly cast as Magneto. He is just perfect because Magneto, you need someone. Ideally, he's German because I think, I think Magneto is originally German. But somebody who, who's who got that gravitas, who's got that strength. See, the thing about Fassbender is that he's masculine, right? He's masculine. He's confident. He's charismatic. Good-looking man. So he plays a perfect young Magneto in those movies. And those movies subsequently get worse and worse and worse. But to his credit, he's, he's doing this good balance of indie movies like Dangerous Method and Shame and Jane Eyre. But he's also doing the commercial ones to get the paychecks because now he's in two He's doing the X-Men movies in addition to the Alien movies. So going back to 2014, he does the next X-Men movie, which is crappy. 2015, he does Macbeth with Marion Cotillard. Great movie. I think it's an amazing movie in both. Again, just incredibly casted. They're both well casted and do a great job. Marion Cotillard, of course, one of my sexy Saturdays. 2015, he gets Academy Award again, nomination for Steve Jobs. And I remember because there was that, Steve Jobs, the house has Kate Winslet. And then there was the one that Ashley Kutcher did, I think, the year before. Not so good. Not so good. You, you want to you do the one? I, I don't know. This, this could be a shock. I don't know. But you might want to do the one that's got, oh, I don't know, the better, the better director than better writer. And that one's got... Aaron Sorkin writing it. So it's kind of hard to beat that one. Now, I do have problems like with the way that that movie is crafted, how it's essentially three different monumental times in Steve Jobs' life, but the writing in it is, is pretty amazing. So he, he does that movie in 2015. So he has two Academy Award nominations within a few years. Then he does X-Men Apocalypse 
2016. Then he does a great indie that I love called The Light Between the Oceans. And he does this with his future wife, Alicia Vikander. And this is a movie, very small indie movie. They play a couple that are having problems conceiving. And I think it's like in, he's a lighthouse owner, runner. He runs a lighthouse in Tasmania, Australia. I can't remember. It's like far away, middle of nowhere, 100 years ago. This baby washes up on the shore. And then they have this moral dilemma as to do they keep the kid and just, because they live in the middle of nowhere on this island. And just, because they had, they that's right, they suffered a miscarriage previously. So they're like, do, do we take this kid and just pawn it as our own? Or do we give it back? And then complications ensue, of course. It's a great movie. I definitely recommend you, you watch it because it's he, him and his wife doing that movie together. Assassin's Creed 2016 is kind of his big mistake. Uh, that movie did not do well. And I don't think it's because of him because to me, Fassbender can never act poorly in a movie, but the movie just didn't do well and they never continued that. Later on, he does Alien Covenant. Great movie. And then you notice like in the last six years, doesn't do much. He doesn't do much. So he does X-Men Dark Phoenix. He's fulfilling his contract, so to speak, there. Because, again, these movies are just dreadfully bad. And he does a good job in it. But he finally finishes that in 2019. And then nothing. He does nothing for four years. Now, part of that, of course, is COVID. And part of it is the dude is not beholden to Hollywood. The dude just lives in rural Portugal with his wife. And I think... He's like, yeah, I'll do roles when I want to do roles. And this is the thing. This is one of the reasons I respect Fassbender is because Fassbender knows that he is one of the best actors, if not the top five best actors of this generation. But he's like, yeah, I'll do roles when I want to do roles. I just want to hang out with my wife in Portugal. And then I'll do some roles. So he's got seven stuff upcoming. One of this has been in the can for some time. This is the David Fincher movie that I believe is only going to be on Netflix called The Killer. This is coming out later in the year. I mentioned this in January when I did the top 10 movies of 2023 I'm looking forward to. So anytime Fincher does a movie, I'm there. And luckily it's on Netflix, so I don't have to spend money and go to the theater. So that movie is coming out. Then he has some strange movies. He's doing a movie with Taiki Wakiti, the director. <laughs> and this movie is called Next Goal Wins. And it's about... American American Samoa soccer team who lose 31 to nothing in, in a match. And he plays the coach of that movie. So it's going to be kind of a lighthearted one, which is good. I want to see him do some lighthearted stuff like that. And so that movie's done. The killer's done. And then he's got four different movies in, in, in pre-production. So we're not really going to talk about those. Now, let's look at his personal life. He was raised Catholic. Of course, he's Irish. Irish. He's, he's, he says he's a lapsed Catholic, but he still goes to Mass. And he likes to do a lot of the Formula One. You know, Formula One is interesting because I think in America, even like five years ago, there was very a very small percentage of Americans that kept up with this stuff. But really, in the last few years, it has picked up. And he is a big fan of auto racing. And he himself has competed in various events. In terms of his dating life, I mentioned that he started dating Alicia Vikander. And if you don't know who she is, you might know her from the reboot of the Tomb Raider movies. She recently just did a new movie called Firebrand where she plays, I think, Catherine Parr, the last wife of Henry VIII. Jude Law plays Henry VIII. That movie's going to be distributed somewhere in America. It was at Cannes. 
uh, earlier this year. And they started dating in 2014. They got married in 2017. And as I mentioned, they just hang out and live in Portugal. They have a house in Elizabeth, which is a beautiful town. I was there. Uh, it's probably been 20 years ago, but great, great little country. I've been there a few times. And they have a great soccer team. Despite Christian Ronaldo, uh, hopefully he's going to retire from the international team. They have tons of young talent. I'm a big soccer fan. And they do have a child that was born in 2021. But you wouldn't know because, see, the thing about Fassbender and Vikander is they're very private. I think part of it is that they're they're in Europe. They live in Europe. They're both European. So I think that kind of helps as well. But in general, they tend to be very private. And the way... The reason I, I think Fassbender is a great actor is simply because he's confident, but kind of quiet. He knows he's good, but he doesn't feel like he needs to demonstrate it. And you'll see other actors for a variety of reasons who need to do like two, three movies a year and they're always out, 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 out. And then you see people like, of course, like Daniel Day-Lewis who would, would, would rarely do movies and he's retired, semi-retired. And you got people like DiCaprio who do a movie every three, four years. And then you got Fassbender who's very intermittent in his production. It's just, he was pretty productive until uh, he got married. And then you notice in 2017 after Alien Covenant, he's done like two movies in the last six years. Because he's like, maybe I just want to spend time with my wife in, in Portugal and have babies with her and just chill out. But in closing, Fassbender, despite what May says, respectfully disagree with her. He is a perfect combination in that he has a lot of range, albeit he has not done comedy, so I think maybe that's something that his agent maybe should convince him to do if, if, if as long as it's the right role. But he can do dramatic, he can do manly, he's got the great accent, he's got the great look, and he's just super talented, and there's nothing stopping Fassbender for getting an Academy Award. We did not mention him in that two-part series May and I did, on have these actors, actresses pass their prime. I do not think he has for two reasons. He really didn't start doing movies till eh, about 12 years ago in Glorious Bastards was 2009. And he's only in his mid 40s and men age like fine one in Hollywood. And he's got plenty of years ahead of him. So I anticipate plenty of Academy Award nominations. And I anticipate a win for sure, if not two wins in his career. The dude is going to age well. He'll be in movies for the next 30 years. Should he choose to do it, maybe he'll just do a Daniel Day-Lewis and just retire in five years for all we know. But kudos to Fassbender. I might have a blind spot for him, but I think he's an amazing actor. And I love the way he's living his life with his wife and their expanding family. Guys, I'll post a poll over at Spotify and at the Cinema Rec Facebook group what you think of Fassbender. If you agree or disagree that he is the best European actor under the age of 50. There's a link for PayPal in the episode notes. There's also a link to the website, which hosts the Eclectico Gregorio feeds. But the best way to listen to them was on Apple and Spotify. And please rate and review. Thank you. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.